After all, there is nothing real outside our perception of reality, is there? Pas te dire ce que tu peux faire pour moi. Tu vas voir, c'est pas compliqué. Tu me parles pas. Tu me poses pas de questions. If you wish to avoid prosecution, I would advise that you comply with our language laws. This is the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the RCMP. That's the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. I'm your host today, Becky Shrimpton, and with me, I have not one, but two fabulous guests. I have Pamela Jones and Gordon Lovern with me today. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good, how are you? How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for coming in. You guys are part of Wolf Spirit Films, and uh, let's talk a little bit about what it is you both do and what your roles are there. Uh, Gordon, let's start with you. We developed it, what is it, three years? Years ago, uh, what happened was Pam and I first wrote a short script called uh, Restoration, and it placed in the top ten at the Cannes Script Writing Contest in 2016. And uh, we both kind of sort of scratched our heads and went, "I think we have a bit of talent, maybe." <laughs> and so uh, we started uh, working more on developing different projects. Currently out of uh, the short script restoration, we're in the middle of developing a feature film called uh, Game Bone that we want to shoot and and uh, produce out of the Yukon because that's where I come from and it's stunningly beautiful up there. Oh, that's that's what I'm understanding. We're seeing some really remarkable films coming out of the North right now, the Yukon, the Northwest Territories, everywhere where you wouldn't assume there was a big film production crew, but a lot of filmmakers like yourself are starting to make it so that more people are making films there and, and, and doing that. Uh, Pamela, you tend to produce uh, as well as write. What is the production like in that, and how are you how are you making those things happen? We work on a very small scale team right <laughs> and we work our butts off I mean we drive to the Yukon we don't fly we take the truck and drive and we have our gear and so it's we're feet on the ground and we're we're moving and shaking all the time and um we like it that way lean and mean um and the Yukon just offers so many opportunities to stop and get great shots and um yeah we just have a really cool team so that's 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 what makes it easy as a producer we have a lot of support in the Yukon as well. How do you guys get your crews together there? I'm assuming you're not bringing large things up from Vancouver. Do you remember the old CBC television show, King of Kensington? I certainly do. Well, the king knew everybody on Kensington Street. <laughs> that, that's Gord Lovern in the Yukon. I grew up there. I was on television. I produced documentaries. I hosted uh, television shows. I was uh, a newsreader. And so in a territory that has 30,000 people, you learn very quickly that everybody knows your name to borrow a line from the Cheers TV show. And so that is very helpful for when we're wanting to produce stuff in the Yukon. It's just a simple matter of making a few calls. People say, yes, we're looking forward to you coming home and whatever we can do to help, we will do. And so that's what allowed us to uh, produce a one-hour documentary for CBC from concept to finished product in five months. And for those who know about uh, documentary production, that's practically unheard of as far as a timeline is concerned. Now, that was beyond human power. Is that correct? Yeah. Now, that's uh, currently streaming on CBC Gem. People can go check it out. It's a fantastic resource. I always tell people, hey, if you're not on CBC Gem yet, you're a bad Canadian. It's your tax dollars <laughs> paying for it. It's great. So so just go for it. Uh, I had the pleasure of watching it. It's fantastic. And it's a really interesting view of something that I'm really glad we're 
talking about. I mean, Gil Cardinal was doing films like this, talking about the return of the Gospelics poll uh, in uh, Totem. And uh, Christopher Ochter had one recently from the NFB uh, called Now is the Time about um, the repatriation and the creation of totem poles again in a community. Um, and you guys are talking about the return of, of dance and song in Indigenous communities. Uh, why this film? Well, it came about basically as an idea because both my daughters are in the in in indigenous dance and also it was uh getting close to an anniversary of 1921 when the um uh, um, potlatch was raided by the rcmp and uh, the indian agent on the west coast so it just seemed to basically flow out of that and it was I mean, often it's like uh, serendipity. What happened uh, was that we had a, a, full, a different plan to, to shoot and, and produce, and that fell through. So we had to quickly act like cats and land on our feet. And we came up with this new approach, and it just everything fell into place. And it was absolutely incredible how we were able to pull it off so quickly. Well, you know everybody, right? You just made a couple quick phone calls. So Pamela, as a producer, how did that work for you? Did you just kind of follow where he led on this one? And you're like, all right, you need to have a haul for this. Let's find you a haul. Well, it's funny. It is funny walking with Gord. I said, is there anybody you don't know? And it's just you know, for us. It's like, all right, we're in a bar. Does everyone know you? Yeah, okay. But yeah, no, that was fine. We did a lot of work ahead of time. We went to Alert Bay on this dock, and we went to Terrace on this dock, and we went to Whitehorse on this dock. So um, yeah, it was a lot of phoning ahead and then setting up shots. But we had great cooperation from all the dance groups. Everybody really wanted to share their story, and really from the heart. Uh, we just came back from the Available Light Festival up in the Yukon, and it was probably one of the most powerful things we've ever experienced is showing this to the dancers and to the community and um, getting the response afterwards. People just stayed for the Q&A and really uh, were just this heartfelt stories of how the potlatch law and the ban of their culture going underground with their culture has affected them and how they're rising up even stronger now. So uh, one of the films I wanted to talk about that we recently spoke about on the podcast was uh, the film The Grizzlies, which when they showed it in northern communities, I understand there was a lot of talk about it and um, a lot of uh, joy that these stories were being told and that they were being heard. What sort of back and forth do you start here in the communities when people are able to see their own stories told on screen and they're able to recognize and start to create dialogues around them? I think what it does is it says to community members up in the Yukon that if you have a story and you have a, a burning desire to reflect your community, your your families, your your culture and 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 your territory, that there is that opportunity. Things have happened in the independent film world whereas it used to be such a huge long shot dream to get uh, a feature film made but now things are changing uh the equipment that we use has changed what used to cost tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for something like a camera or or a lens has come down to the point where people who have a passion for storytelling can get their hands on the kind of equipment 
that is needed to make their stories come to life on the big screen. We even use small Osmos within this, and then they shoot in 4K, and you can buy them for $300. We edit them together. Nobody knew any different. So it's amazing what you can do with the gear that's out there. Now, is this an element of teach a man to fish as well? Because when you show people in these communities that, hey, we've brought the equipment in, now you know how to use it, now you can do it yourself, all you need is a story, are you starting to see more of the ball getting rolling that way? Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people that are looking at uh, the opportunity to tell their own stories. And, and quite frankly, the internet, uh, streaming services, all sorts of new opportunities have presented themselves to people in the communities to tell their own stories. And, you know, you've got different apps like TikTok and stuff like that, that are are sparking the imaginations of young people and older people to start telling their stories and, and carving out their place in, in the world that they live in. And Gordon is quite active in working in the youth center up there and helping and teaching, uh, editing and shooting. And that's really, we've really watched the kids really blossom with that. Now, someone also on an international scale who has a little bit of clout saw one of your films and uh, you've been invited to a very special event. Gordon, you want to talk about that a little bit? We had a showing of uh, Beyond Human Power at the Museum of Anthropology at the University of BC. Um, if you've ever been there, it's it's a stunning museum. It's full of uh, artifacts from all over uh, the west coast of BC and throughout the interior. It's an absolutely treasure trove of cultural and, and indigenous history. And so we felt that that was probably the relevant place to unveil the documentary for a bunch of industry guests and, and government guests that we had invited. And so one of them was the uh, consul general from Germany. And after they saw the film, two days later, they invited us over to the consulate and said, we were just absolutely blown away by the documentary. And we have this program for the 2020 Berlin Alley. And consulates from all over the world get to put a name forward of a filmmaker because we're putting together a panel of 25 filmmakers from around the world. We'd like to submit your name, Gordon, as one of our choices for for this program. And so we we were honored. We said, sure, that, that'd be really great. And, but thinking that it's from all around the world, I was not confident that we would be chosen. And lo and behold, uh, mid-December, we get a notification from uh, the consulate saying congratulations you've been chosen by the government of Germany and uh, here we go let's go for the ride. And uh, what exactly are your duties going to be when you get there? One of the things I get to do is I get to basically it's it's like a, a way of um, immersing international filmmakers into the film market at uh, Germany. It, it's an opportunity to get to know the city of Berlin. It's an opportunity to get to know the, the movers and the shakers in the film industry over there and to be able to create dialogue. And as you know, Canada and Germany have a co-production ag- arrangement. So I think it's just simply an opportunity to create more opportunities in the filmmaking world. But what we find very advantageous for this particular experience is, as you may know, uh, German people have a long and storied love affair with indigenous peoples from North America. So the stories that we want to offer up and, and hopefully get co-op, co-production uh, arrangements, we think will resonate quite 
romantically and quite creatively with with the the German film market over there. Do you guys feel a particular draw towards documentary over fiction or is it really whatever the best method of telling that story is? Uh, I think I mean I've got a long career in documentary storytelling but my my bucket list was always to end up telling narrative stories and that's where I've started channeling most of my energy. I'm a recent graduate of the Langara Film Arts uh, program at Langara College here in Vancouver. It was uh, an amazing, amazing experience. What it did was it actually helped me become a better storyteller. People said I was pretty good already, but you're never too old to go to school and learn a few new tricks. So there's an opportunity that uh, I took, and and it's now helping Wolf Spirit Films blossom into, I think, uh, uh a company to watch when it comes to telling a niche storytelling uh, subject matter where our company our company slogan is bridging cultures through cinema so we're telling not just only indigenous stories but we're telling cross-cultural stories about how indigenous and non-indigenous people get along in this country and and elsewhere Pamela, did you want to add a little bit to that? Like, how do you see your role in Wolf Spirit Films and how it's moving forward? Well, I think of what Gord was saying about bridging cultures. I'm non-Indigenous. My culture is actually from northern Sweden, so more Lapland, and he's Indigenous. And so it's really interesting working on Indigenous projects with him. I'll ask questions that maybe he, you know, that that seem like maybe stupid questions. I mean, why do you do that? Why do they sing that way? Why do... So I kind of see myself, you know, standing there on the bridge trying to not really translate, but but just offer some different perspectives and he does the same for me and I think that's what really works and we work with you know our our company is multicultural we have people from China and we have a first AD that we love who's from India and I just think that that's the way to uh, get the world together is to find our common stories you know Gordon and I met when we did that first restoration it was like we sat down together for 15 minutes. We just met each other and we started to find all the threads that made us, you know, that, that we, we had same the same life experiences. And so I think that's how we bridge cultures, by telling stories that we all have that re- resonate with us. What are your guys' hopes in the next few years that uh, that Wolf Spirit Films will be able to accomplish? Well, actually, the projects we have in development, we have two TV series we have two feature length movies and we have two short films. So for a small company uh, with all of these IPs, that's, uh, that's not bad. And, and we're hoping that within a short time frame after coming back from Berlin Alley, we're, we're pretty confident that uh, the TV series and the feature film that we're pitching over there will be uh, met with a, a great amount of interest, if not uh, walk away with some pretty firm commitments on on developing it further with a German co-production company. How can people follow you guys and your work? We're up on Facebook at Wolf Spirit Films, and we are on Instagram on Wolf Spirit Films. We're, we're not as much on Twitter, I guess we should, but I think with the small core of people that we have, we're, we're kind of maybe lax in putting stuff up, but we're going to do a really good job of it while we're away in Germany because it's so beautiful over in Berlin. Oh, we're all looking forward to seeing all the footage. I'm sure it'll be spectacular getting to, you know, do selfies with all the famous people. It'll <laughs> <Yeah>. be great. <laughs> um, and then I have to ask you guys the two questions that I ask all of my guests. The first is, what do you guys think Canada needs more of in order to support its artists? Well, I think there's there's some rejigging of the Broadcast Act, and I think think that that's that's welcome I, I think though that uh 
the the funding agencies i think although there's going to be more and more funding opportunities and programs for all all filmmakers indigenous non-indigenous uh male female i think i would like to see some of the gatekeeping to be brought down in Canada because I think a lot of the opportunities for great storytelling comes from the creators and having to go through and 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 partner up with with big corporations it can be daunting and and time consuming and as you know in in cinema uh, windows of opportunity windows of flavor of the year they come and go and so in order to be able to develop these projects a lot sooner i think some of the gatekeeping needs to come down to push the creators opportunities and and to see a wide range of new storytelling from canadian issues pamela any ideas for yourself well i mean and we we have to be grateful to what's in place right now as well i mean i i totally agree with gordon but we you know we're so lucky to have things like here in bc creative bc that helps filmmakers go to different festivals and helps them go to different markets and and telefilm canada that hosts you know networking events and things so we're we're really grateful for what we have and we just like to see it expand further for the indie filmmaker and then my second question for you guys is, do you have a Canadian film you would like to recommend to our listeners? We both love the same film. <laughs> yeah, The Grand Seduction, which was, uh, I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, it's about a small fishing community in, in Newfoundland trying to uh, present a different kind of view of the community to get a doctor to sign on long term. And so it's just a wonderful film. I, I think it was uh clever storytelling and and I think what I loved about it is it showed the world what Newfoundland looks like and what the people there are like and so I thought it was a fabulous film very I funny. highly recommend it well thank you both so much for your time I greatly appreciate it you can go check out Beyond Human Power on CBC Gem right now Pamela Gordon thank you so much for your time thank you Becky thank really you. enjoyed it Thanks for listening to the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. If you like what we're doing, please remember to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcatcher. It helps people find our podcast and Canadian media they love. Come chat with us at RCM Pod on Facebook or on Twitter at RCM Pod. Our theme song is by Craig Stewart and our show art is by Paul Stachniak. Join us next week for another great film from the wilds of Canadian cinema.